This episode of Neon Black is brought to you by Fender Play Still. Our good friends over at Fender have developed the complete learning app for guitar, bass, and ukulele. Um, I'm now probably like two and a half months into this. I've been <laughs> kind of documenting my progress on here. And I can now play three whole songs, which is, uh, I know, it's pretty rad. I, I, it's you know I've been actually able to fit it into my schedule too. It's, it's it's actually really a good learning system, but within minutes you could be playing classic and hit songs from the Stones, Foster the People, Paramore, and even maybe The Weekend. I love The Weekend. Fender Play's library features thousands of lessons that teach skills, songs, and riffs in just minutes. It's even got a progress tracker and a supportive online community to help keep your musical momentum up. All this, and it's less than $10 a month, and there's even a free trial. So what are you waiting for? Grab your guitar, bass, or ukulele, and start your free trial of Fender Play at fender.com forward slash neon black. Neon Black, I'm Shane Gilmore. And I'm Ryan Jaso. Just the two of us today. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Except I'm Will and you're Jaden. I'll take Jaden. <laughs> uh, today we talk about <clears throat> the Jonah Hill Renaissance that's happening. <laughs> Fashion-wise, it's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> he actually got named uh, best dressed by uh, Vanity Fair. I'm not Fair saying Will year. Smith's bad dressed. You oh no! Oh no! Jaden Smith did. Oh no! I'm talking about Jonah Hill. Oh, Jonah Hill. I said oh. the Renaissance that is Jonah Hill. Yeah. Good for Jonah's. Yeah, man. Jonah Hill. He's having a good moment, man. And good for him. He's really well deserved. Like when I was looking through before we did this pod, I was going through his IMDb page and he hasn't put out anything bad he's getting into that place where anything he puts out i i have to see it you know what i mean i think he's getting into i'm not that, there yet he's getting into that territory for me where if he if he's if he's in it i gotta i gotta see i'm it. not there yet i'm not there yet where i would just have to go see a movie with joe nail in it really no not no even, not even close okay like we talk about maniac again on this now that jaso's seen it we talk about um about the hype that's brewing for mid 90s we talk about um the XXX Tentacion confession tape. The tapes. XXX Tentacion gate. Yeah, like, uh, he keeps figuring out a way to come into our pod, even though he's not alive anymore. Really? He's not? Uh, and then we go into, I'm not even falling for that one. <laughs> you didn't. You no. didn't take the bait. Um, then we talk about Greta Von Fleet's debut album getting completely panned. And Rightfully so. I don't think that it's a very good piece of music, but. I don't think they're that great for kind of, we talk about culture cards or kind of culture vultures. I don't really understand the, I understand it. It feels like people are yearning for that, that sound, but we talk about that in depth and poor wireless fest, man. Yeah. The wireless fest has got a, they basically have to keep Cardi B from Sean Cleavage. I don't know how that's going to be possible. It's an all hip hop festival that can't swear or it, it, that it needs to be church friendly basically is what it sounds yeah. like. Um, you can catch us every Tuesday and Friday controlforever.com and email us we will answer your questions I promise neonblack at controlforever.com enjoy Neon Black
All right. Megan Kelly was fired today from her uh, Daily Show at the NBC News for her comments on the appropriation of blackface, uh, defending what is it? Was it a teacher that showed up dressed up as Diana Ross? Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just. This this was coming, right? We knew this was coming. Yeah. Here's the thing with Megan Kelly. This was a reason, I think. Here's the thing with Megan Kelly. Everyone thought Megan Kelly, when Trump berated her and talked about blood coming out of you know where and all this other stuff, she was offended. Obviously. No, ba- I mean, but back it up even before that. I mean, she actually kind of won over some hearts and minds with the way that she went at Trump prior to that. And that's, you were kind of like, wow, that one, there's one person on Fox. Fox. Exactly. That, that's- so that's what I was going to say. Because of that and because of that interview where she kind of went at him a little bit with, there are harder questions than anyone at Fox has ever asked her. But no, they she went at him pretty, pretty solid. It was solid. It wasn't crazy. Uh, to me, it wasn't crazy. But all of a sudden, everyone thought, oh my gosh, we have someone who's on she the was, other side. Let's she get her was, job at She NBC. made a name for herself as Fox, well, for starters, as being, and, and, I, and I'm not, and I'm, and I'm kind of, like, this isn't necessarily my personal opinion. I'm, this was definitely a thing. Like, she was a very, she's very pleasant to look at, for starters. She was one of the, she was one of the, she was part of the era of Fox anchors that were, pretty the, the Roger, the Roger Ailes, pretty and she the Roger Ailes era. fairly articulate. She yeah. wasn't dumb. No, she's she wasn't really dumb. articulate. She's very smart. She's and very smart, period. She was, she was known for going hard at people on the right. While being on Fox, she was that person, and then yep. the Trump stuff came up in that first Trump interview. Remember, Trump didn't show up to the uh, to the uh, debate because she was moderating, right? Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what, I believe that's what it was. Yeah, he's a, in the primaries, um, and then childish yeah, and behavior. then 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 he went harder, and then they kind of made up, and then she ended up leaving Fox at the end of her contract, signed a massive deal to have a, have a morning show over at NBC. Um, and this is also coming on the heels of all the Roger Ailes, the sex stuff. She wasn't one of the the people that necessarily uh, accused, or she wasn't, I, I don't believe she was, she said stuff had happened to her, but not to the extent of the other girls. Um, and her ratings have been terrible on NBC since she's been there. It's, you're, the whole thing was kind of like hoping she was something she's not. And really, this is who she is. This This is who she is. She's a conservative-minded uh, I don't even think that, that 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 that's that's not even my critique of her. I don't think that that show was the correct format for her. I think she's better. Uh, she's like she, when you have a morning show on one of those on one of those channels, you are there. I mean, think about the view. Think about the talk. Think about uh, Kelly 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 Ripa and Ryan Seacrest. Like you're there to be very likable. You're not there to to have these hard hitting interviews, and you're not there to do investigative reporting or anything like that. And uh, I, I watched the show a couple of times because I, I actually enjoyed some of the stuff that she did on Fox. Um, she's not that person. She's she's better suited, even though Barbara Walters does now have a show in the morning. Um, but she's better suited for more of a Diane Sawyer, Bar- Barbara Walters type. Like she'd work out great on sixty Minutes. You know what I mean? Right. She she did a great job. She handled Alex. She's one of the few interviews that handled Alex Jones. Uh, she oh, did a great job. Ooh, like I said, with, that's tough. With, I don't think she was. She did a great job with when, uh, about the Sandy Hook stuff. She went at him really hard because usually yeah. he just he just steamrolls people. This is the, this isn't the first time she said something controversial. Remember when she had one of the people from Will and Grace on, and she said. Something like an off-color joke, like, yeah. "Oh, did you become a lawyer and then you became gay?" Like, "Oh, really?" Yeah, there's always been very conservative. But I think at the thinking. end of the day, they've been. There's been. I don't think her ratings have ever been very good. Like I said, the show never made sense for me. Like when I watch it, like that that type of pacing, she can't carry a show like that. 
Uh, she would maybe would work on a panel show, but I think she's better suited for for investigative journalism, something in the format of like I said, a, a sixty minutes. Um, sure, Fox. Will she's take getting her back. paid though, so who cares? I mean, she, she doesn't, doesn't care. care. Um, I'm sure, Fox is going. Come on back. Love that blackface comment. <laughs> Come on back, honey. Yeah, it's kind of weird to be like giving Peter Jennings a uh, morning talk show host. Not to compare, like. She's not on the level as Peter Jennings. He has like a morning same, show? No, no, I'm saying Oh, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> that personality, she's more of a news anchor than, a, exactly, than an entertainer. Exactly, You want, you want like real journalism out of her, not a... Not, not, <laughs> not, not drinking wine. Not, and, yeah, uh, exactly, <laughs> yes. She's not, she's anyway, not Hoda. It's, a, it's not surprising <laughs> she got let go. I, I think a big part of it was, obviously, she apologized for her statements, but a big part of it was a lot of the other her co-workers from NBC, a lot of the other hosts from uh, NBC Morning News and whatnot were not stoked. Especially the uh, minority. What she said was a little. You know what she said, right? Exactly. So, so it got brought up, and she she said, "I um, quote, um, uh, when I was a kid, that was okay as long as you were dressing up as like a character." Um, it went on to kind of defend. Uh, it's Luana Delesip was the one that used the blackface thing. So. A, you need to be smart enough to, like, there's certain areas, whether you, in the back of your mind, are not understanding why that's wrong. Uh, you need to understand, you, you need to be savvy enough to be like, ah, we're not going to go here. <laughs> right? You know, to that, pivot that's out of that. Pivot right out of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the end of the end. Just, of- just don't, like, as a, as a white person, there's no defending that. No, you can't. You, you can can't. never have an opinion on that. You can't. You can never have an opinion on because that. Because it doesn't affect, it never affected you. Like yes. the way that it, it, it means something. Like you're, you, it's kind of like the whole white privilege argument, I guess. It's like we never really had to think about that. Correct. So don't comment on it because there's no way you're going to come out of it looking. Correct. It's just not, it's kind of none of your business. It's none of your business. Um, one, of, one of PJ's favorite bands, Greta Van Fleet, oh, just man. released a new album. Love them. Getting raked over the coals by Pitchfork. <laughs> Pitchfork gave it a one point six. <laughs> and let me let me read this opening. Ouch! I'll read the opening quote from the writer of the uh, the album review, which is pretty funny. Greta Von Fleet sound like they did weed exactly once, called the cops, and tried to record a Led Zeppelin album before they arrested themselves. The poor kids from Frankenmuth, Michigan, didn't even realize they were more of an algorithmic fever dream than an actual rock band. While they're selling out shows all over the world, somewhere in a boardroom, a half dozen people are figuring out just how exactly Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are supposed to fit into an SUV with the rest of the Greta Von Fleet boys on car- carpool karaoke. Greta Von Fleet's <laughs> interesting, man. They're what? They're unfortunately they're 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 a scenario of. Culture vulture of, of coming up in a in an era where there's not a lot of rock bands. There's no way a Greta Von Fleet gets signed to a Republic in 1998 Maybe or, even, 19, the two, or even, even the early 2000s. Yeah. There's just not a lot of rock bands out there, and you can absolutely see just some dipshit record exec seeing Greta Von Fleet in Michigan and being like, "Oh my god, these guys are the next Led yeah. Zeppelin." When it's like, "No, they're the next Led Zeppelin cover band." You Mind know. you, the guy that probably A and R'd this is also 22 years old or something. I don't think you think so. I would guess the I opposite, dude. I can't imagine like anyone who lived through Led Zeppelin. <laughs> it was like, this is it. Found him. No, you find those old guys that are just like they're they're in the their uh, cover band themselves, and they're just like so stoked on anybody who plays rock and roll. Man, I don't know. It's it's not good. The music's not good. No. 
That's not a surprising score from Pitchfork, though. Pitchfork doesn't like this straightforward is, rock and roll. You know, anyways. technically, this is their debut album. I didn't realize that. Is That's it really? wild. They're they're crushing wow. it. That's the thing is gnarly is they're crushing it. Like the the American public is so hungry for a good rock band. Well, and they're from the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like they they have the look and 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 the lead singer. Uh, What's his name? They're good-looking dudes. Like the look uh, is there. Josh, yeah. oh Josh Kazika, most d- punchable faces. <laughs> he right. does have a good voice for us. They but I mean, need, come on, for they're they're, marketable. they're a very marketable band. That vest and that smile is it kills me. It look they do look like if you manufactured a rock band in a studio in Burbank. Yeah, this is what these are the guys you'd cast. I'll give you that. But also like twenty twenty one. They're young. So. They're yeah. young, and it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. They're, they're going to have a career because people. I think they signed a pretty big deal. Um, sure, they did. And they and they're they're everywhere. You hear their music on like video games, on commercials, on TV shows, on like they get synced a lot. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that like where's Black Keys right now? Where's Wolf Mother? Like where's a lot of these bands that like the early two thousands? Wolf Mother, they're they're doing a little comeback tour. Are they? Yeah, but they, yeah, you no know, Wolf Mother Wolf always Mother. got made fun of. They were yeah, no one back in the day. Them. They were the uh, there was they were, uh, Mother was was it Mother? No, yeah, sorry, yeah, I think so. Their big track was yeah, it was Mother, good. yeah, Mother, and they had that piano battle woman. too. Woman, a woman, yeah, woman. Yeah, I, I'll give you Black Keys. The Wolf Mother's whack. <sighs> Black Keys, what are they? The individually, they still do a bunch of shit, right? Oh yeah, the uh, the main guy, it's a Dan something. He has like six bands. They came out with that album of do like I guess duets in the in like two thousand eight. Remember they did like on the Vista with Most Def, and they did uh, it was it was such a cool album. They're they're yeah they're really interesting. And then, just, you want to talk about a great a great uh, TV song? Was the, the song they had for Hung? Oh, I'll be your lover. I'll be, I'll be yeah, or I'll be your man. Yeah. All I care about, Rock will be back next year. Just so we're all aware. In 2019, Maynard said they're doing. Maynard's new, not bringing Rock back. He's, he's not young new, enough to bring. Doing rock another back. Tool sorry, album. I'm sorry. Sorry, he is not missed with a Tool album. Yeah, but neither There's has Ra- neither has Radiohead, and they're not bringing music back. They're not bringing no, Rock back. No, I said Rock will be back for me when oh, for you. T- when there's a new Tool album next year. I know. PJ's giving me the the thing that you can't see on. <laughs> They're fine. How old how old is Boehner now? 70? 75? I think he's probably in his late forties. I've always liked the perfect circle stuff a little bit better than the Really? Other. Yeah. Yeah. I know I a like lot James of people. James and like I don't know. I think it's cool. I like fifty four. I like the track. I like the lead track from the Perfect Circle album. It's probably my second favorite. Track. I know a lot of people that are that way. A lot of people I know that really one, like. They've only done one album, right? Perfect, Perfect Circle? Circle? No, they've oh, done like two? five. Really? Yeah, five or six, right? Perfect Circle? They, that sounds right, yeah. Maybe wow. more? I don't know. Perfect well, Circle's right, been around they since They played Coachella forever. two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Tool, yeah. Not Tool. That's right. Interesting. Um, moving on. Uh, Ray Kruth, one-time football star. Uh, what, what? Back in the... Uh, was he 90s. 90s. He was right? like one of the first draft picks from the Panthers when they That's were That's right. When team. they were, yeah, he was first what, round pick. DB, right? Wide receiver. Wide receiver, Jesus. So, Ray Kruth, if you guys don't know the story, um, college superstar, like, like Jason said, was, was, one of the, was one of the first picks for the Panthers when they were an expansion team uh, in, a, in a terrible, terrible. This, it's just horrible what happened entirely, but he, he got a girl pregnant that he wasn't in love with. And instead of uh, having the child, you know, she refused to have an abortion, I guess. Uh, instead of having the child and just, just take, taking care of it, he hired someone to murder her 
while they were on their way to a movie. He was in the front car. She was in the back car. He boxed her in. A guy walked up and shot her like three or four times. Um, she survived for a couple hours, mm-hmm. long enough to implicate him in the murder. Uh, sadly, the the uh, oxygen was withheld from the child because while well, she was bleeding out and uh, the child was born with MS, I believe. Uh, was born with cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Uh, he was released from prison yesterday. Ray Kruth was. Mm-hmm. After serving 20 years, I believe. My only question in this is, A, if there's ever a scenario where someone deserved to get executed, it's that. I don't care if you pulled the trigger or not. Or how has that guy ever seen the light of day again? That's well, the guy terrible. That, you know what's crazy? The guy that actually shot her yes. is still in prison, but he's, oh, he's only on a forty years. He's sense. scary as fuck. Have you ever seen that? No. Have you ever seen the footage from? Yeah, in the that dude is uh, where he threatened to murder Ray Cruz, defense lawyer in court. He says he could he could he could rip him apart like a rag doll if he wanted to. I didn't know that. Yeah, that dude he hired a real killer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that guy's. <clears throat> but what's crazy is that guy is eligible for parole in 20, 20 more years. He's. How was that not? His, well, I guess because he had a forty-year yeah. sentence, and he, he was sentenced two thousand one. So that guy's almost halfway through his thing. And who knows if he'll actually get out? And Caruth's actually like free and clear. I think he can't leave the country for nine months. But then after that, like the, the, the honestly, the greatest thing the NFL has done. Did you see what they did with his jerseys? No, you can't even. You can't even. Uh, so he can't make any money. You can't even customize a Caruth jersey. Oh, on really? the NFL site, yeah, they blocked it. The NFL site's kind of. Assholes, though. I try to make some like funny name stuff. Well, and, but still, I mean, they're basically they don't want him to make no, any I money agree. off of his football celebrity. Well, and they ever don't again. want, and I, it's probably that, and they probably don't want gangsters thinking it's cool to buy a Ray Caruth jersey and like celebrating a murderer either. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's part of it too, because you know you're going to get some kids that are like, "Oh, I want a you Caruth think jersey." So? I, I had a I woman if, shot. I wonder if yeah, I bet you pregnant woman shot. It's just horrific. Well, I mean. Not to get into our next topic too early, but there's people that still think fucking XXX Tentacion is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, but the difference is like he was, I, I think there's still a little, like if you wanted to, you could still kind of, you could still trick yourself into thinking yeah. that he's, that, that, that XXX was, was not guilty because he never was found guilty. So the biggest problem, Frank Ruth admitted to this. Uh, he admitted to it and, and he want, and what's crazy is he, he wants to be in the child's life. He, by the way, he did this. While he was playing football, yeah. he got drafted in 97. He did it in 2000, I believe. So he was in the prime of his career and he did something this fucking stupid. Like, this is a terrible person. And the, the, my, my biggest thing was when I read the statement about his when he got out, he said, you know, I, I feel like no one's ever going to forgive me. And this is a moment. And it was like, wow, you, you're nope. making this about you you're still, bro. You're right, man. No one is ever going to forgive yeah, no one, And no one should. You piece of shit. Like it's it's so wrong. Not only did you ruin the your ex's life by killing her, you ruined this child's life and all the lives that are affected by it. Yeah. Her grandma raised the child. I think the only th- the only now. good thing that came from it is because he had a pretty that was he had a pretty big rookie contract guaranteed. I think the mother in law got all that money. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if in the nineties he signed a four year three point seven million dollar deal. That I he guess it's not that signing much. Bonus. I mean, hopefully she got at least some of that money yeah. for raising him. Um, Either way, it's it's wrong. Um, just terrible person. I don't understand our justice system in, when, when scenarios like that happen. Uh, staying on the culture, let's go something a little lighter. <laughs> uh, the Wireless Fest. Where's the Wireless Fest? In Finsbury Park, where's that? 
I think it's in the UK. It's, it's somewhere over there, right? Uh, so I get, there's been there's been complaints over the years from the uh, from the res, the resident the local residents um, around there. Um, yeah, it's in London. <clears throat> is that where it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the actual the 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 promoters themselves have finally come to an agreement with the local residents, uh, and going forward, the Crescent performers do not sing or play any vulgar, obscene, or banned songs, or carry out indecent acts, or make any vulgar gestures, actions, or remarks during the performance, <laughs> or at any point whilst using an amplification device, including the use of uh, expletives, and the attire of the performers do not offend the general public. For example, attire with exposure that exposes the groin, private parts, buttocks, or female breasts. I don't understand. Okay, can I t- can I just read who the some of the headliners from this year? Yeah. So, <laughs> Post Malone, J Cole, Migos, Cardi B. Yeah. Good luck on <laughs> that DJ one. DJ Khaled, Rick Ross, Little Uzi Vert, French Montana. Oh yeah, I'm sure Cardi B is going to cover up. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get a Power 106 like radio version festival. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand how this works. I don't understand how the oversight works. Is this so? Is there gonna be like uh, Donna? You, Donna from the corner is gonna be like to go on stage and tell uh, Post Malone to not cuss in his song. Like, how does that work? It's there. I would imagine the only way this works going forward is you can't do any hip hop. But it's a hip hop. It's festival. a hip hop festival. Yeah. They just nail him for breach of contract, and then they. Is that what him? it is? But then nobody's gonna want to play there. No one's gonna want to play this. It's it's gonna kill this festival. You're telling what is what are you what is Cardi B gonna wear on stage? Uh, something that shows her boobs <laughs> and her ass. A hundred percent. So she can't do that either, <laughs> according to this new thing. That's crazy to me. I, I just it's it, listen. It's rocking not like, the offensive world, clothing. It's not, it's not like the world doesn't have enough doesn't have enough festivals. So if this one goes away, whatever. Just yeah, fucking move it. it. If you're the promoter, yeah, I don't get it. No, dude. Think about it this way. You know, as a promoter myself, this festival has been around since 2005. Okay, 13 years. You've built a brand name. There's equity there. You're in the same spot every year. I'm sure this thing, because if you can last that long as a festival, really, if you can last more than five years, you're profitable. So this thing, I assume people know it, they trust it, put it on sale, it sells well, you're good. To have to like just move it because the neighbors don't like swearing, it could ruin the entire thing. I, I'm not not like ruin the festival, but it'll it could ruin the entire business if you try to move it somewhere else. I mean, I would move it to another park nearby if you could. But I mean, how many parks in London can hold? That sounds like you're gonna have the same problem, anyways. Yeah, I, it's weird though because London. I mean, I would have thought like yeah, maybe I thought the Brits would be cool with it. Yeah, show. right. They you know they that's this is what they do. They rock. I mean, I guess they. Must must be some Quakers over there, dude. <laughs> Jesus, I, I don't give a shit to be honest with you. This is this is irrelevant to my life. It just I'm, I'm interested to see how this. It does, does suck for the promoter. I'm interested to see what I I'll tell you where where the, where I do think this is funny is I want to see what happens and I hope they have a live stream of the show. With what this goes down because I want to see oh, somebody yeah. go on stage and tell Cardi B she can't perform in that. That's what I want to see. I'll yeah. pay to see that actually. I, I I don't I don't I don't have a dog in this fight, but I do think from. Being a promoter, this would piss me off so bad if this was my baby and this was my moneymaker every single year and I own this thing and I had it for 13 years. And the thing, like, listen, when you're doing a festival, everything's on the table. The stress, the anxiety, everything you have going into it, you're worried about weather, you're worried about lightning, you're worried about all the shit. And you get your festival taken away from you because of the f- someone saying fuck on stage? Really? 
that's how I'm losing this? That's crazy to me. Like that's such a like that's such an unexpected thing that you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, in 13 years, this is gonna be a really good run, but you're gonna lose it because uh, the neighbors say that <laughs> that that uh, cleavage and the F word are no longer on the table. Yeah, you got to slap a PG rating on your entire <laughs> festival. <laughs> and it's, it makes it so much worse is it's hip hop. Like yeah, there couldn't be a worse genre. Like if it was right. a dance music festival, you'd probably be okay. You can get the DJs to play edited versions of hip hop songs, but this is the worst possible genre for what they want out of this. This is basically the neighbors saying, we want this out. Like it, we, this is driving us nuts. We want it out. Good luck. How about this? Here's a compromise, which is not a compromise. In radio news, Sirius XM has just reported the third quarter of 2018 revenue at a staggered $1.5 billion. An increase of 6% over the year prior. Uh, no, no, no. Their, their, their revenue for 2018 reached $1.5 billion. The quarter was... Was $1.5 billion. No, no, no. Third quarter... No, that's wrong. That's how much revenue they've made for, one, the, for the year. They're, but they're only in their third quarter. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's for the that's for the year so far. Yes. Yeah, but the third quarter itself only made three. Well, not only, but three hundred forty-three million year to date. Three hundred thousand new subscribers, which is interesting because Sirius has always been pretty hush hush about releasing their numbers. They haven't really wanted to say. And you know, when I when I was in same <clears> as Netflix, right? They don't release anything. Yeah, but, but they only release information they want you to know. Exactly, and it was always tough. As a as a manager, you know, you really wanted to get your song if you for your artist on whatever station. You know, for for me, it was dance music. So there's BPM, which is fifty one, and uh, which is now Diplo's Revolution is fifty two. And there's Chill. There's three stations, but it was like a big deal to get it on there because you would think it would move units, but you really didn't know how many people were listening to the individual stations. They don't release that info. So, so it doesn't really give you any leverage as a well. It's really hard to tell yeah. how many people are actually that, that for dance music. Sirius and iHeartRadio has Evolution, which is syndicated in a bunch of markets. Those are like the two big ones outside of obviously the regular Kiss FM's and all those. But those are the ones that you really want to get onto, and then you could try to get into other markets. But you didn't really know how many people were actually listening to those stations. These numbers are pretty staggering that it's growing this rate and it's awesome for radio. I think I have Sirius and I love it. It's probably one of the I best things going. I meaning to get it. I obviously had it when I got my car. You'll love it, it man. That Petty's got his own station. Well, uh, I, I do Pearl like the Jam. Howard Stern show. So I'm looking at the projected uh, rankings. Like you said, obviously uh, Sirius doesn't release the rankings. Who the fuck is Lynn Samuels? We know. Who the, is it? Lynn Samuels is either number one or number two on this list. Howard Stern, I, I thought Howard Stern by far and away was number one. Um, they based this list on, here are the top 40 most popular shows. As determined to you, uh, the rank is based on the number of times a program appears on a personal schedule. Uh, basically, it's got Lynn Samuels. Helene Samuel? No, Lynn Samuels. L-Y-N-N Samuels. Oh. Never heard of this person. I haven't either. She's got a show on there that's the number one show ahead of Howard Stern? Ahead of Howard Stern and then our boy Jason Ellis at number three. Wow. She's she's older. She's been around. She's been doing radio since 1979. <laughs> I'm sure Mike would know who it is. Sure. I wonder if Mike Incredible. has any Lynn Samuel, Samuel stories. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's, it makes perfect sense, right? Because 
the only reason I ever turn my actual radio on, AM, FM radio, is to listen to AM. Otherwise, it's, I'm just listening to my phone. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me that that yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear commercials. Not to mention the fucking if you every once in a while, like like if your phone does die and you have to listen to like K Rock. Sometimes I'll like try to listen to K Rock or Kiss or you know just to see what's going. And it's like whoa, it's rough. Well, it hurts. and uh, they have for they have Alt Nation, I believe, and then they have uh, like a Sirius XMU, which is like an indie rock station. They're way way cooler curation wise than. The, the 40 songs on repeat that you're going to hear on terrestrial radio. There's so much. I've found and discovered a lot of new bands and musicians from Sirius. Whoa, versus. whoa, whoa. Lynn Samuels is dead. She died in 2011. 2011. So yeah. these are all repeats. Must be repeats then. That's uh-huh. crazy. Whoa. That is wild. She's the I Love Lucy of XM Radio. Jesus. All right, let's get off that. Crazy. <clears throat> See, Lynn Samuels is another example of like, <laughs> there's a huge part of the country that we, it's just like, oh, wow, that's just there, especially like the mid. I would have thought Howard Stern by far, because well, he, he got paid the most. Yeah. He, I mean, he put, that's what Sirius launched with was him, right? His contract with Sirius in the beginning was like, and he just signed a huge one that he won't talk about. He won't say what the numbers are on the, on the last one. Supposedly, it's, it's way bigger than the first one. Well, I mean, and then obviously, because if you remember, it was Sirius and then XM were different. And then merger. That's right. The merger happened a few years ago. So they were both satellite radio, but it's a good thing they merged. It was There's no room in the marketplace for both. And it's honestly so worth it. And they keep adding new channels, which is pretty cool. All the time. They're always average, uh, adding in new channels. But anyway, you're still an old list. Maybe that was an old list. <clears throat> your royalties are pretty dope if you own your own channel. Right. And you're and you're just playing your own music all That's the awesome. time. Um and Sirius XM, we already talked about this, but last month they they purchased Pandora. So now they're basically the biggest radio. They're the Disney of of, of radio. Maybe. Uh let's talk let's talk hip hop news. Um a, a tape, Pitchfork le- leaked a tape, uh, a recording of our of our boy, the late XXX Tentacion. When I say our boy, I mean that uh, in a sarcastic fashion. But nobody is understanding. I put my source of happiness in another person, which was a mistake initially, right? But she fell through on every occasion until now, until I started fucking her up, bro. But I started fucking her up because she made one mistake, and then from there, the whole cycle went down. Now she's scared. That girl is scared for her life, which I understand. You see me. You know what I do to people. No, all of them boys know. It's on fucking new times. I'm on new times for stabbing how, how many people they put in the news. It said three. It was eight. In Deerfield. She know that. She seen the shit. She seen when I came back from stabbing. Orlando. She seen when I came back, I had a brand new laptop. With no tears on my face, no remorse. I just knew I was going to jail. She know, so she's scared. She thinks I'm gonna kill her. So I, I made the point on the show to, to bring up at the time of his death when, when the, the, the suit was dropped that, um, that his fans were using the narrative that he died an innocent man, which wasn't incorrect. But it also was was a little deceiving at the same time because it was being it was being spun as as this being false accusations, etc. Um, this kind of and this also comes on the heels of the Vic Mensa cipher, 
where where yeah. uh, Vic Mensa has taken a ton of heat, including death threats, for what he said at um, for what he said at the BET Awards uh, about about canonizing people like this. And yeah. what's interesting, what I did find out about that I didn't realize. So Vic Mensa, you know, Vic Mensa admitted to choking his girlfriend. I did not know that. So yeah, this is interesting. Uh, this was this was a while ago. He admitted to. Uh, he was talking about violence against women on The Breakfast Club a few years ago and yeah. was talking about an instance when he was younger that he choked a girl and how he feels terrible about it, et cetera. But uh, it was just something I didn't know that, that got brought up because dur- during that whole, the, the, the existing beef now that, mm-hmm. you know, well, Vic Mensa chokes checks. Anyways, I don't know if this is like, I don't know, I don't feel good or bad about this, this audio getting leaked. It's, it's kind of like, we knew this, I feel good about it only because I'm tired of these little troll super fans. Every time we post anything about them on our social media, on our website, um, good or bad, it seems to bring out legions of people on either side of the fence. He's one of the most polarizing guys. We've said this before, but now hearing this recording, there's no more defending it. It's indefensible. Like I know they're not going to go forward with the charges because he's dead, but he's now admitted to doing these crimes. So can where, we all where did just, this recording come from? Do they know? They, did they I don't say know. It? They didn't. I know say. Pitchfork leaked it, but I wonder where they got it from. This whole thing, like it, it's there should be no questioning anymore. I, I get it if you want to listen to his music and if you were a fan. So of So yeah, him, do you think there should be any re- more def- repercussions? No, there's nothing else to do here. Just don't. I think. It, you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see, I would I would imagine if his mother's in control of his estate. Yeah. And, and he has a kid. He, has a, he does have a kid that's yet to be born. So I'd like to see the, the, some of the money and the royalties from all the money he's making off of his, his uh, music post uh, <clears throat> I'd like to see that go to charities or something. Not his charities, but I'd like to see the labels instead of continuing to profit off of it, go to something that actually brings awareness to domestic violence. But I mean, that's that's wishful thinking. I doubt it'll happen. I just, it's crazy because we were talking about it before we got on air, but there's, we posted about this and there's still some like 18 year old kid defending, defending him to death. I mean, that's always going to happen to a point because, uh, you know, when, when you're you're young and when all you can see is their art, and absolutely XXX was an artist, uh, but talented th- th- one. That's that. always going to happen. What what I think is was is is great about everything, and this ties into the Me Too stuff and 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 everything. It's just a level of accountability is going up. Uh, Doctor Dre keeps getting brought up in these scenarios, even though he's kind of admitted to the D Barnes thing later. To, in my in my opinion, Doctor Dre is always a piece of shit for that. Yeah. In and it's good that he stays for the most part, stays out of the limelight. I know he's like behind the scenes and stuff and all that, but uh, it, it no longer like R. Kelly. There's no way that the R. Kelly scenario could happen in 2018, and that guy's still be releasing platinum records or touring. I think I think oh, these as artists, a new artist, you're as, saying. as a new artist, now the accountability level so, has gone way up. So is R. Kelly just like grandfathered into douchebaggery? Is that what I we're hope so. <laughs> Hopefully, he's grandfathered into prison eventually because he's obviously a fucking deviant. He's it's he's he's such an interesting case too, right? Because he doesn't get nearly as much heat as some other people. 
And I've heard the defense. I've heard the defense for guys like, especially guys like like X when he was still alive, and, and Kodak Black who just got out of prison. You know, they they cut. They come up. A lot of these. A lot of these rappers. They come up <clears throat> really hard lives. You know, and I've heard that as a defense, and they don't know any better. And yes, that is that is that is uh, a portion of the narrative. But the other portion of the narrative is too is. I can keep this behavior up as long as I'm famous or as long as I'm successful or as long as I'm rich. And this is where we're slowly starting to see change is that I know for me personally, like there was, there was a point even over the life of this podcast where I didn't really, I could separate the art from the artist. Like, cool, you're coming out with good music. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. We talk about Kanye almost every week on this show. It's getting harder and harder to defend his music. And he's not even hurting people. He's just acting like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, XXX absolutely is someone who I, I really liked his first album. Um, I was... I was, I was done. I was tired with him by the time he came out with the second album. Partly because it's like, yes, he died before he was able to. You could say that 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 there could have been a point where he apologized about everything and talked about everything and wanted to change his life. He was young enough to do that, absolutely. But he didn't. He didn't. And from this recording, it doesn't seem like it was going to happen anytime soon. That's for sure. Well, he definitely couldn't do it prior to the you know prior to the trial for sure. Yeah, but. Uh, it's just uh, he's he's just you know he's a consistent, very interesting case with our culture and where we're at. This is like one of those situations where there's just no justice on either side of it. It's sad that he died, but it's also sad for these people that he hurt. You yeah. know, you know what I mean. It's not like an ever. This isn't really like an "I told you so" situation. It just sucks. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'd feel better about it if if I if I did listen to his music or you know I I really like the collab he had in the Little Wayne album, but if I, I f- you feel you feel dirty about it. Trash. I feel like feel gross. Dirty because that song's trash. Oh, fuck off. Uh, there, it's not trash, but <clears throat> nothing about his art artistry to me was was bad. I thought it was very interesting music, but I, I agree. I just have I can't get past it. I can't I can't condone the abuse of women. I I can't look past that at this point. Do you think in five years people are gonna? Even remember XXX? I don't think so. I think his fan base now, as they get older, will grow with him. But I don't think like uh, they'll mature out of it. I think I think think he'll absolutely. I think they'll mature out of it. Just from the 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 type of music reminds me of a lot of like hardcore and stuff. MySpace. Yeah, a lot of those people. I don't think the industry is very uh, incentivized in in keeping him as as the center of culture. He's got, but I mean, you know, I just saw Skrillex actually post something about. You know, having a song with him that they were working on. He was working on collaborations with a lot of people. There's probably going to be a well, few more singing out vocals. Out. He was just, yeah. you know. I know, and I'm sure people are like, "Oh yeah, it's gold. It's gold." The same with Little Peep. And a lot of collabs post uh, post his death that have come out. Um, Jonah Hill's having a moment right now. Uh, mid '90s, as we speak. Uh, I think it's it's released in LA, New York, and then hits hits the rest of the theaters. Um, uh, tomorrow, Friday, which uh, the day you'll be listening to this, uh, Jonah Hill's been doing a ton of a ton of press around this. Um, this is interesting for a lot of reasons, um, and this is also we we talked about briefly Maniac on Netflix. Um, where do you want to Where do you want to start slicing this pie? Because there's a lot of things to talk about here. <sighs> so this movie, I don't. It's like for me. <laughs> If this movie's a five, I'm probably gonna feel like it's a ten just yeah. because of the context of it. From everything I've heard, it's not. I heard it's really impressive. Yeah, it's he is having a moment. You're right. There's something 
I mean, everything he's touching right now is turning to gold because. Well, if you actually look at his career, everything he's touched, period, is always turning to gold. From, 100%. From the beginning of it, from just from, from you go back to like Superbed and all the Judd Apatow stuff and, and then to uh, the Wolf of Wall Street and Moneyball. And, you know, the guy's been. He's a great. He's a really actor. good actor. Yeah. Um, Comedians, like, I mean, it's funny because. Even though he's not, what's interesting with him, though, he was never a stand up. But he's really funny. He's really funny. And, and I think like a lot of it. What's weird about him, I think early comparisons, I feel like some people want to compare him to a Chris Farley, but I never thought of him no. as like a fat guy who was funny. No, because his comedy wasn't physical. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, he didn't have physical comedy. And uh, you always you always laugh because you felt kind of sorry for him. Well, he's just a Did you think yeah. so? No, yeah. I, never I didn't felt think sorry so. I never yeah. felt sorry for I him. I thought he was, he was hilarious. Yeah, I thought he really? was hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, I always felt so bad for him. He's he's uh, that's it's a good movie for getting Sarah Marshall, but his lines in that movie yeah. and that little part is just gold. And in, oh, Sarah Marshall is a classic. It's a great movie. <laughs> but he, like, that's his, what I mean. He went, on, he went on a run. He went on a run with with 40-year-old virgin, super bad, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Even his role in funny people. Yeah, he's great in that too. And then he kind of disappeared for a little while. Oh, and then and then this is the end when he shows up with, the, oh, with yeah. his ear pierced. That's hilarious. And, and, and he's the only redeeming quality about uh, Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> Twenty One Jump Street was a huge film. Yeah. Um, so he's been making the rounds. Obviously, if you've seen Jonah Hill, he looks a lot different. He lost a lot of weight. Um, I, I think I got to talk about him personally first. So I've heard he's been on. A, he's been doing a bunch of press. Um, he. he it, he definitely has issues with the way he was with the way he was perceived, um, and is kind of taking this not uh, taking out's not the right word, shoving it down the the press's throat as far as how they treated him when he was coming up, as far as uh, a fat comic, um, and he seems to be very sensitive about that, and to the point of to where he's I've heard him even go as far as uh, telling one interviewer like, oh, this was a really good interview. I was expecting you to bring this up, and I was going to get sensitive about something and have to go at you, and it's like, why would you even? Like why would you? Why would you ever word that? First it, of all, I think his, and he keeps saying the same shit over and over. On, on Jimmy Kimmel, I heard him say it. I heard him say it on Bill Simmons. Yeah. I heard him say it on Breakfast Club. Like it's just like over and over I, and over. I, I think what his thing is is it feels like even though he's crushing it now, there's still a major chip on his shoulder. Did he? He didn't win the Academy Award for Moneyball, did he? No, I don't think so. But Moneyball, he's great in that he's too. Great in Moneyball. Donnie's been angry though. I mean, like even his comedy was always like yeah, that's agitated true. And that's angry, true. So. Yeah, in, in Donnie like, is super... like the best part about Wolf of Wall Donnie's Street. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got mid '90s coming out, which is rad for us. I mean, this is this is this is Jason. You grew up in we in Huntington Beach, which was like the mm-hmm. center of of the universe for skateboarding um, in the '90s. Um, literally, um, every every big every big skateboarder at a certain point in the '90s lived in you know Andrew Reynolds and Chad Muska and Tom Penny and. <laughs> Uh, Jamie Thomas, uh, but, like it, it, it's it's crazy yeah. how many. If you had Tony Hawk, the entire, they all the, came, the entire <laughs> the video game, the entire street. Yeah, exactly. The entire basically street skate movement lived in Huntington Beach because th- th- there's a very famous skate park that was actually a really shitty park, a really small park, um, the Huntington Skate Park, which is no longer there. Uh, actually, the one that well, there's the other one on Golden West. The one on Golden West is still there, still then, there, but the but big the, one was. Mesa View Middle School was in like every skate. Like when I went to middle yes. school, that was in every skate video. Kids would come in from Brazil and all over the world to come skate that school. And so, yeah, he seems to have captured uh, just just from the trailers and the reviews I've read. It seems like he's very much captured uh, a moment in time when s- 
now we look at skateboarding and even surfing to an extent. Um, it's very mainstream. It's not a, there's not a lot of a mystery behind it. Uh, and what people don't remember too is at a certain point, like when you were in the 90s especially, it was so important to associate yourself with a specific pocket of culture, mm-hmm. whether it be hip hop or whether it be, uh, you know, metal. Pre-internet. Or whether it be pre-internet, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you were a skater, you were a skater. And yep. the skaters didn't like surfers and surfers didn't like skaters and didn't like jocks for sure. And, we won't even and, talk about the rollerbladers <laughs> or inline skaters. <laughs> inline skaters. But, uh, and so, yeah, um, the, you know, the interviews that, that, that he's done, it's got, uh, also, it, it's good to point out, this might have one of the best soundtracks of the last 15 years. It's all Wu-Tang, Tribe. All 90s music. It, Souls of Mischief. It's cra- It's such a good soundtrack. I think what's what's interesting about this, the, the interview uh, process, and he's saying all these things where he's angry about, it's interesting because I think deep down he knows that he's he's fighting it and he's angry about it. But I think deep down that anger and that frustration he had with the press and the way he's been treated is really what's driven him to this point. Absolutely. He's he's weaponized it for the for positive and turned it into being honestly one of the most successful actors in Hollywood right now. No question. Definitely one of the most versatile. Not even actors. Most I mean if you look at the creative look at the <laughs> if you look at the crew that he came up with, if you look at like Rogan, Franco, uh Basically, the entire cast Paul of Rudd, the forty-year version. Paul, Paul Rudd kind of a is older, a part of yeah. it. He's a little bit older. He was already doing like friends Clueless and, and yeah. Friends and uh, and uh, Jason Mewes or not Jason Mewes. Oh God, I can't think of his name. The guy from forty-year-old uh, oh from from Sarah, Sarah, Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Anyways, his name is Jason something. Though. Yeah, uh, Jason Mewes is, is Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, <laughs> Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's. Whereas like Franco unsuccessfully tried to do a lot of things and was never really taken seriously and is just now kind of hitting his stride, I think. Uh, Jonah James Hill Franco's is, biggest issue was that he was so good looking, I think. That's what like made That, it. and it seemed like what he was doing, everything that he was doing was so obvious. It was like, come on, man. Like yeah. you're, you're really trying hard to tell everybody that you're an artist uh, versus just like, just, just turning good work. Everything Jonah Hill has tried has worked. Every single yeah. time that he's segwayed into something, it works. I and agree. it's it's looking like he's probably gonna be uh you know, one of one of your next prestige directors. Yeah, I mean I, I finished Maniac last night. That show is so good it's on great. so many levels. And it's it's weird because I think I, it's the best. I think it from a concept level, it's the best show Netflix has put out. I'll give you that. <clears throat> I agree from with that. From a concept completely. level and like and the artistic sensibilities it, and the acting and every the story for sure. It's really weird because that had a lot of uh, 80s references and touched on mm-hmm. a lot of that like 80s technology. And it's funny that he's now going back one decade further with mid-90s, touching on like the 90s nostalgia. Yeah, what Maniac does that's so interesting is, and I've heard a lot of people complain, and I don't, I don't think they're wrong. The first couple episodes are really slow with Maniac. And the only thing that really keeps you interested are the performances and the art direction. Because the art direction is so crazy mm-hmm. and so dope. You know, like the the lab where they, where they go into for the thing, it looks like the ship from Alien... And like they're everything, there's all these weird like design things that you're like, oh, they, like that's a rep, that's an homage yeah, to that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, and then by the time that you're in the show, you're just like everything about this is is really good. And, and then Jonah Hill uh, is exceptional in it. Yep, it's kind of the new way to do future, right? Where you're almost taking the piss, it's like analog future. Yeah, 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 you're kind of like taking the piss out of it, so it doesn't look really old and dated and shitty in ten years. 
Yeah, I, I like Blade Runner was kind of like yes, the catalyst to that, yes. or it was future. Yeah, because it's but, like, like Blade Runner, like it's hard to say that Blade Runner didn't influence everything, <laughs> right? When it comes to like a certain type of direction, uh, but yeah, you're, you're, you're. I think you're correct on that. Well, two thousand one was the like the the pivotal moment for that. It's like you never watch yeah. that movie and go, oh, that tech looks outdated. It's just, it's just there. It's to- just there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm going to see Mid-90s tonight, actually. So I'm sure I'll have plenty to say about this on Monday. I'm jealous. He's accomplished a lot more. He's the same age as me, and he's definitely accomplished a little bit more than I have. I just want, you know, Jonah Hill, <laughs> I just want you just to be be, ha- be happy with yourself, man. I think... Just be happy. You know there's what? No reason to, there's no reason to come no, out, people. No, no. He's going to stop making good art if he does. Yeah, I think, I think I he needs that. I think that's part of his shtick. I think he needs that to feel like he's still the underdog right. and that people don't believe in him. Because then you get complacent. I always think, you know, as soon as you start, people start telling you the best at everything. You... I think film's a little different, though. Ah. There's a lot more places you can go. Like, music is a reflection of you. Like, film, you can kind of go different areas and and, and kind yeah, of push yourself, maybe. you know? I, th- I think that's the difference, but I, what do I know? I'm neither a musician or a director. Um, next week, we're going to, we got a uh, Tom York album about to drop. Susperia, finally. Everything we've heard off that is great. Real quick, can we talk about 1975 releasing six singles before their album comes out? Isn't that kind of a lot? Um, it's a little more than like, normal. It's like half the album. Typically, it's three to four, depending on if you have them. Let's be fair. And each single gets worse and worse. Well, I was say, a couple of these are. <laughs> no, each single's got worse each yeah, time. Yeah, I should save each these for the got, album. There's... Each single's definitely got worse. They're not holding anything up for us. No. Um, and then. Um, I think uh, I think there's oh yeah no because takeoffs next week huh yes I believe but uh, there's got I think there's a QC drop this week but we'll see we'll we'll continue to follow that that hopefully car wreck it, it's it's funny man uh, we're I think we're finally going through it I think we talked about it a year ago but I think we're finally going through the decline of hip hop it's it's starting to do what dance music did all of it's starting to sound the same and there's not a lot of originality people are just putting out stuff because you're going to get hundreds of millions of streams because it's hip hop. Yeah. I think the eyeballs are going to start coming off of it. You're already seeing like saturation in the sponsorship world and, and the, you know, every single NBA ad right now, I think is Quavo. And, like, it's just getting to that point where it's going to, we're hitting critical mass, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up. Neon Black.